my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Atlanta. Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am covering the last episode in the not-so-great of Season 8, IMO, meaning in my opinion. And I am covering Season 8, Episode 20, Up on the Roof which aired March 14th, 1995. I would have been 12 and a half at this point. <laughs> in this episode, DJ sets out to perform the ultimate senior prank in an attempt to top her Uncle Jesse. She got the idea to lift Principal, Robillard, Principal Robillard's car onto the school roof via a crane driven by Kimmy's boyfriend. The prank took off without a hitch with just two small problems. It began to rain, and the car was a convertible with the top down. Ugh! So, this episode's got a 6.8 out of 10, based on 238 ratings. Guest starring, we have Oliver Clark as Principal Robillard. This guy, I think he was in M.A.S.H. Was he in that show M.A.S.H.? Let's see. He was in Mr. Belvedere. Oh, he was like two different people in this, two different characters. He was in uh, Growing Pains as well in an episode. And this guy's been doing stuff. Good for him. Oh, yeah, he played Captain Ben somebody or other. <laughs> we also have Scott Menville playing Kimmy's boyfriend, Dwayne. I believe we do get him for at least a, another couple episodes. We have David Stenstrom playing the security guard. Oh, he's going to be 70. So many people that I know that have turned 70 or were going to turn 70, namely my dad, my husband's parents, this man, uh, someone else's parent, so, just so many of them. Yeah, this guy was in a handful of things, too. That's pretty cool. That way, you know, you can see they got a range of different characters. So this episode was directed by John Tracy. we got writers Jeff Franklin, Matthew Miller. At the time, he went by Matt Miller. we got Barry Nedler and David Vallier. Valli I don't know. Um, no connections from what I can see. And no reviews. Let's see. Trivia. Jesse dropping out of high school is not mentioned. Oh, my goodness. Really? You need to stop with this. We can't just say, oh, he graduated. No, he didn't graduate high school. Oh, he graduated. It's like we go from season four to season six to season eight. There's roughly two seasons in between each of those. 
you can't somebody should have been having a book of all the things about all the characters so that way there's no slip-ups there's no continuity issues the title song or the title song the title is based on a song up on the roof written by jerry goffin and carol king recorded in 1962 by the drifters and reached number five on the record charts And that's pretty much it for that. Of course, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let all the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. the new podcast listeners who are just jumping aboard the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast, I want to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media. It does have a Facebook page. Just search Full House, Fuller House Podcast, one of or either. You will find the podcast up there. You can follow it along. So that way you can see what all series is series series of episodes that I have covered over the last four years. I started this podcast in April of 2019 as of this time in December of 2023 when this episode goes up. You will already know that this is the last episode of Full House before I cover the series finale next week. I cannot believe how fast the years have gone by with this podcast and I have had so much fun covering these series of episodes so also if you want to write in and get your voice heard on the podcast you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to leave an email for the or an email, if you'd like to leave a review for the podcast since it is the full house portion is coming to an end feel free to do so on iTunes, you can search Full House or Fuller House. The only way to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. You can tell me your favorite episode, favorite season, favorite character, worst episode, worst character. You can hit me up with a trivia question. You can use emojis to describe episode titles. Fun stuff like that. And lastly... To let y'all know, if you are a Tanner newbie and have jumped, just jumped aboard the Tanner train, letting you know that this is a clean, this is what I'd like to call an ears of all ages podcast where anybody of any age can listen to it without the fear of inappropriate content. If you don't know, when you're looking for a podcast, sometimes it'll say E, which means explicit language, content, that kind of thing. Or it'll say C, which is clean, which means that, again... The whole family could listen to it. So take this podcast along while you're getting groceries, while you're picking up kids from school, while you're wrapping Christmas gifts, since this is going to be in December. And if you haven't heard me say it, so yes, at the end of this month, the Full House portion is done. January, I will be kicking off the Fuller House portion of the podcast, getting... Every episode that I didn't cover in the last four years. Basically how I'm going to do this is you're going to get a total of four episodes a month, but you're going to get it every two weeks. So you're getting two episodes in one podcast episode. I do apologize for it being that way, but that's just kind of how I want want things to roll this time around. And no, I'm not going to be doing series. I'm just going to go straight through season one through five and hitting all the ones I missed. 
Now, yes, I will say there are some episodes out there that I was not a fan of. Some I like a little more than others, but in the same vein of Full House, like, you know, there are some, like, this not so great of season eight of Full House that I just, these weren't my favorites. I did not watch them probably after the initial viewing, so, but I still, like I said, I was going to cover them all, so, without, what is this? Um, <laughs> all right. Without further ado, let's jump into the cold open of Up on the Roof. It sounds like a Christmas, isn't it? That's part of a Christmas song, like Up on the Rooftop. But that's not the song. I'm going to have to play that song and see if it sounds like, it almost sounds like on the board, Up on the Boardwalk or something like that. But it's Up on the Roof. Alright, so we're in the kitchen. Becky and Jesse come down with Nikki and Alex. And Becky asks the boys, well, what do you want to eat this morning? And Joey said, uh, Joey, Joey, who, by the way, is sleeping on the kitchen counter with a roll of paper towel as a pillow. He's wearing his Red Wings jersey. And Jesse says, how about the Grand Slob Breakfast? And Becky says, yeah, and it's moon side up. And Jesse fakes sincerity. Says, oh, well, he's probably had a rough night. I say we wake him up gently. He gets a wooden spoon and a pot and just bangs it right over Joey's head. Sounds like a dinner bell out in the Old West. And then he does a Popeye impression <laughs> and proceeds to continue snoring. So Becky imitates Bugs Bunny. She's like, oh, let me try. And she goes right to Joey's ear and says, ah, what's up, Doc? And then Joey does the, oh, I hate that rabbit, Yosemite Sam. So the twins are laughing at that. Joey's like, uh, what do you guys do in my bedroom? And one of the twins is like, Joey, we eat here. And the other twin is like, I can't even put my elbows on the table. I'd be like, why are you doing, I'd be like, you know what, never mind. I'm not even going to ask that question. Joey says, well, for your information, I've been up all night inventing. And Jesse says, yeah, funny. I would have guessed binging. So binging, of course, referring to just going through the pantry and working your way through it. Just binging food, not binging a television show for hours on end. So, Joey says, scoff if you like, but using my own ingredients, I've combined the old world charm of silly putty with the whimsical innocence of Play-Doh. You know, I kind of like how he worded that. That's the old school charm of silly putty, whimsical innocence of Play-Doh. And he calls it silly dough. It looks just like Nickelodeon Gak. I remember, I'm, I'm sure I said this on the podcast once about how I sent away and I, I ended up thinking, well, it's just never going to come. It's one of those things that you order off the back of a cereal box, like you save some box tops and you throw it in an envelope. And when it says six to eight weeks, I don't think in my mind I just realized how long that, like, that's basically a month and a half to two months. And it's like almost at some point, I'm like, well, what? I guess it's just not going to be in one day, one magical day. I reach into the mailbox and boom, there it is. 
Uh, it didn't take very long for that orange little container of GAC. It was probably about the size of a small canister plastic container of Play-Doh. Uh, it didn't take long for it to get dirty because I was playing with it. When I say I was playing with it, I took it out of the container and was like balancing it between my hands on the kitchen table that had like breadcrumbs and whatever else built up on it over time. So it got gross and I just eventually threw it away. <laughs> and Jesse says, oh, I'll give you a coupon for shock that Je Jesse, don't kid about that. That is, I don't think that's a funny joke because that is an actual thing that has happened to people who have been to, you know, institute stuff like that. And just, especially even way back when, when they used that. And it just, just breaks my heart that anyone would have to go through something like that. And Joyce says, come on boys, you can be my official product testers. And the twin in green says, what do we have to do? And Joyce says, well, all you gotta do is just play with the stuff. And the other twin says, I like this job. And Becky says, well, keep a keep an eye on them. I don't want a big mess. And Joyce says, oh, yeah, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. And, and Becky says, I was actually talking to Nikki and Alex. And Joey teaches the twins the power laugh. I'm like, I thought that joke, like, died with season five. It didn't. Ugh. And both of the boys go, ha, ha. And Becky laughs out loud like it's a funniest thing she's ever heard her boys say or do and that was a cold open so that is kind of just explaining what the side plot is gonna be actually it's a side plot and then we also get the other side plot which kind of coincide with each other with becky and michelle making dinner of Play-Doh. I give you silly dough. I give you a coupon for shock therapy. Come on, boys. You can be my official product testers. What do I have to do? Just play with the stuff. I like this job. Well, now, watch them close. We don't want a big mess. Oh, I'll, I'll keep an eye on them. I was talking to Nikki and Alex. Come on, boys, throw your heads back and laugh. Actually, uh, Becky wasn't the only one laughing. Jesse was laughing to all those boys. 
saying and doing the funniest things. You know, no, upon closer inspection on this silly dough stuff, um, it really doesn't look like you could really form anything with it. It almost makes me think of, you know, how you would put a quarter or a dime or what have you into those machines at the grocery store and you get like a little plastic bubble with like a bouncy ball or the thing I'm thinking of is that little rubber sticky hand thing like you would like flick it and it would stick to the the wall or whatever you like throw it at or like the uh the sticky spider thing where you would just throw it at the wall and then you'd watch it like slowly like climb down the wall or so it just it doesn't I it's more silly putty than it is dough that you could actually form and create something with it's got that shiny smoothish texture whereas play-doh has more of a doughy quality it will harden over time especially if you expose it to air but Play-Doh always had such an interesting smell to it as a kid. It's, it's, I don't know what it was. I mean, no, I never ate Play-Doh, but I just liked the scent of it. Okay, I thought it was a little odd that it was just them down there. I'm like, where is everybody else? Why are Becky, Joey, Jesse, and the twins up before, like, literally everyone else? <clears throat> So Michelle comes down with Stephanie. Stephanie's wearing a short black skirt. She's also wearing black knee-high knee socks. And Michelle comes down asking, what are we, what are you making for breakfast? And Dana's like, something to go because, you know, we're late. And Michelle's got this whole thing in her, in her head of what exactly she wants. Girl, you save that for a weekend. You make that your weekend thing. Because she says, but I want Belgian waffles, apple smoked bacon. I mean, apple wood smoked bacon. And sourdough toast, lightly buttered. Well, you ain't getting it this morning. You're getting a banana. <laughs> that is your meal. Where are the lunches for the kids? Do they got to buy their lunch? Like, I don't got time to make you lunches. I didn't do it this morning. Here's five bucks for each of you. Grab something in the cafeteria at school. Maybe she's, Michelle says, lightly buttered. It, it, it makes me think of It Takes Two with the character of a, her uh, one of the Elson Twins playing Alyssa Calloway, who was supposed to have some... I think the girl was trying to put on some form of an accent, and it just kind of got dismissed. It. Same thing with the, the the twin that was playing Amanda, who was supposed to have like a New Yorkish Brooklyn accent. That basically five minutes into the film, just <laughs> gone. Like, okay, yeah, it's like Alyssa was supposed to have this posh accent, like she's not from across the pond, but. Like, uh, highly refined, I don't know. <laughs> Stephanie says, yeah, and I want straight A's, world peace, and Brad Pitt. Lightly buttered. So, my guess is she's got to be thinking Brad Pitt from Legends of the Fall. At this point, it's 1995, and Legends of the Fall would have already come out. 
And I like how Danny smiles and kind of crosses his arms. No buttered bread. And definitely no buttered brad. Let's go. Here's your banana. Here's your breakfast. Well, that'll, like, suffice for the ride to school. And then it's like, what? I gotta get the... I, I haven't even had a real breakfast. I mean, a Pop-Tart. Give them something. I mean, just a banana is not gonna suffice. I mean, especially... If they gotta make it till what time is lunch in elementary school? Like eleven o'clock, noon, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Annie says we've got time for anything you could stick your finger through. So he basically gives them each a bagel that hasn't been toasted. There's no product on it. It's just basically dry bread. So Michelle says. Tomorrow I'm gonna get up early and cook my own breakfast. I'm like, sweetie, nobody is stopping you. Have at it. Cook yourself a waffle. Why don't they have any of that quick stuff? I mean, just throw a waffle in the toaster real quick for a sec. Or nuke, like, the little, the Eggo, like, pancakes. That's right. I mean, the chocolate chip Eggo pancakes. Pop them in the microwave for a minute. Boom, they're done. You have a glass of milk, and you're ready to roll and start the day. They don't even have time for a quick bowl of cereal. What, do you not wake them on time? Or is everyone just getting a late start? It's not like Joey set the clocks forward. That would have been an even more interesting April Fool's joke. Instead of setting it back three hours, set it forward like two hours. So that like everyone's late to work in school. And Michelle says, wait a minute, I don't even know how to cook. Well, did you earn that honeybee badge for those OJs on a stick? She's had ample opportunity to learn how to cook from Jesse and Danny. And Becky. But Becky apparently is not any better of a cook than Joey is. So it looks like Jesse is making a sandwich for the boys for school. And Becky's like, oh, Michelle, I'll teach you how to cook. It's real simple. I used to do it back on the farm in Nebraska. <sighs> Jesse. Uh, he's like, oh, well, that's sweet, honey, but who's going to teach you? The look that Becky gives him is like, a, do you want to sleep on the couch tonight? Because that's where you're headed. <laughs> Danny, he's got time to sip that coffee, though. You don't have time to... Slurped out a bowl of cereal, but Danny's got time to stand there and make a comma while he slurps his coffee. I like the shared look that Jesse and Danny share. Because Jesse's like, <laughs> and Danny's like, ooh. And she's like, hey, come on, stop teasing me. I'm a good cook. Yeah, oh, ooh, I don't want to. Sausage and lima bean casserole. Oh, my goodness. That sounds like something that would give you the runs. And apparently it did, because both of them were like, oh, man, that was, uh, that was a surprise, all right. She, she said she called it her Sunday surprise. And Danny says, yeah, we called it our Monday surprise. I said, yeah. And Jesse says, I was still getting surprised on Tuesday. Seriously, I think that bread's got enough jelly or peanut butter on it. And Becky says, yeah, well, I bet you won't be getting surprised tonight. 
The, I love the chemistry. These guys have been together for so many years. And I just love how Jessie's like, whoa! She got me good there, didn't she? And Becky says, all right, Michelle, what do you say? You and me, after school, making dinner. I'd be like, I think that's something that really should just wait for the weekend. Like, you'll have more time to prepare. You'll be able to get what you need to be able to cook something. It just see, it just really honestly seems like during the week, especially with everyone got different schedules, different things going on, that there really isn't a lot of time, unless you're basically planning out your meals for each day, that it just seems it's like probably something like, hey, I'm preparing a casserole, I'll put it in the day before, and then that way we can just nuke it in the oven while everyone's getting home and getting you know, settled in after school and work and everything. I mean, like, I mean, my husband and I, we pretty much work the same schedule, and it's like, a lot of the time, it's like, we do our own thing. I really don't make dinner except for the days I have off work, because I have more time to prepare something that's more of a bigger meal, because it's just like, every people work all day, you don't want to go and try to put a whole thing together. That's why it's like, hey, I have a weekend off. It's like, cool. Let's use the crock pot. Let's uh, make pancakes or steak or just something that it's like you have more time. Because no one, I, I don't know anyone that wants a big meal after they've been working. Like, I don't know. Just depends. So, like, how about it, Michelle? We'll do that, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm there. And Danny says, and we're late. Come on. Bring your bagels. We'll eat in the car. Well, you're the one who had time to hang out and sip your coffee, man. You should have been on the road as soon as you gave them. Like, you're late. Yeah, that you've been hanging around the house for like 10 plus minutes. You, you're you even more late now than you were five minutes ago when you handed them those bagels. Oh, he's just making, oh, Jesse's just made himself a piece of toast with jelly on it. Oh, he's giving them each a bagel with nothing on it, not toasted, and each a banana. So maybe that'll get them to their, like, 11 o'clock lunch hour. What am I kidding? Lunch was never an hour. It was, like, 40 minutes at best. And that's if you got through the line and time was able to get your food, find a spot, and actually be able to sit down and eat it. And not have to, like, rush through, like, oh my gosh, I just got my food out, I got, like, ten minutes left to eat, and then I gotta get back to my food. Like, ugh, nah. And Becky says, well, you guys just wait until dinner, I'm gonna make you all eat crow, which basically, she's not gonna feed them crow, but it's another word for, I'm gonna make you eat your words, basically, like, you guys are gonna be giving me a big ol' apology, because I'm gonna make something so good, it'll make Thanksgiving dinner look like the Easter Bunny came with candy. I don't know. <laughs> That's a really not great comparison. <laughs> It'll make uh, Thanksgiving look like uh, a day at Denny's. Or Denny's is really good, by the way. I've had their pumpkin pecan pancakes. They're so good. I had them on September 1st. I'm going to have them again in October. Even though this episode's going up in December, by that time they probably moved on to, like, hot chocolate pancakes or some sugar cookie pancake or just something yummy, like peppermint chocolate or something cool like that. And 
Jesse says, that's what I'm afraid of, as they all walk out the door. You see everyone walking past the window. Quiet. Joey's distracting the boys with his silly dough. And here comes Kimmy. Wow, is that shirt going to most likely get worst outfit of the episode if Becky's outfit in the beginning doesn't take the top spot. She's also wearing, like, brown corduroy overalls that are just blech. But, yeah, she comes in screaming, DJ! Causing poor Jesse to practically fall out, knock his chair over, basically. I'm like, girl, he could have hit his head. Had a, that, that would have been on her. He looks like he is ready to climb out of that chair and say, okay, you can go home and you can come back when you learn how to enter someone's house properly, which is to knock first and wait to ask to be told to enter. But then again, this is Kimmy Gibbler. She's been like this since season... Gosh, was she like this in season two? Or even season one? I don't think so. I think it was more like season three onward. Oh, and then she proceeds to insult Jesse, which they also got the thing going, like she and Danny. You don't... Honestly, now that I think about it, it feels like mainly the... The digs are more between her and Danny and her and Jesse, but rarely, if ever, Joey. They really never had any real scenes together unless it was all of them together. But she's like, hmm, I don't remember that ugly throw rug being there. Oh! Oh! Oh, gosh! No! 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 Hands down, 110%! This is the worst outfit. This is what I hated about DJ's hair. The flip up on the bottom. Blech. No thank you. And then to top it off, she's wearing like a light white pink 
collar with the little the little uh, side bib collar thing going on. It's just grody. It's plain nasty. Just, I can't. Ugh, I forgot that this is the episode with that, and I'm just not here for it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Since when is DJ all about pranks all of a sudden? Because it's her senior year. It's like, I have the greatest idea for a senior class prank. And Kimmy's like, I'm all ears. And uh, I go through every single person's name until I get to Jesse. Jesse says, actually, you're all mouth. This sounds lame. I get that, Kimmy. I was like, oh, yeah, boring. She said, DJ says, we print up our own school newspaper with fake stories and switch it with the real one. Wow. See, this is why you would never be in charge of a school prank because that sounds Boardsville borderline boring. <laughs> Kimmy, we have a school newspaper? Didn't she write on the school newspaper once? Or was that in ju Oh, that was from junior high with a gossip column. Yeah, I remember that. That must not have lasted long. And <laughs> DJ says, of course. Where do you get your information? A bathroom wall. That's where she gets all her hot goss. Okay, seriously, people liked that response from Kimmy saying, the bathroom wall. Like, there even said, woo-hoos. I'm like, why? Because it's so relevant. So here's an idea for a headline from DJ. Principal Robillard sent to his own office for Xeroxing his butt. Wow, that's very juvenile. Um, that sounds like something that was thought up from a 10-year-old. Something a 10-year-old would do. DJ, you're a senior in high school. There must be a thing of senior pranks that happened at Bayview for years. Joey would be the king. He's the king of comedy in that house anyway. He, You want to find someone to do a senior your prank or get ideas from? Joey's your dude. But then again, we got Mr. Uh, sent to the principal's office his whole life. Katsopolis over here who's like... Eh, you know that idea. Poof, stankaroo. At, DJ actually thinks these ideas are something that they should pursue. Like, she thinks they're that great. Luckily, Jesse's overhearing this like, oh, please, DJ. Kemi's got a point. She says that's about as exciting as fat-free gravy. And Jesse says, well, I mean, it's cute, but, you know, I guess when I went to Bayview, we were a little more outrageous. Well, I mean, it was the 80s, so you probably have more to work with then, I guess. So he says that they stole Mr. Robillard's toupee and ran it up the flagpole. Yeah, that morning he says everyone was saying I pledge allegiance to the rug. Okay, I gotta say this. Did anyone, I know I did the Pledge of Allegiance in like elementary school but once junior high hit I don't remember doing the Pledge of Allegiance and I definitely didn't do it in high school. It just seemed like one of those things that we just unless you're at an event of some kind a sporting event or, or something to that effect that does you know have someone come out and sing the Star Spangled Banner. Granted that's not the Pledge of Allegiance but still 
It just, I don't know. I mean, I even remember singing America the Beautiful in elementary school music class. Both DJ and Kimmy are laughing like that is the coolest thing. And Kimmy can't believe her ears. She's like, hair boy pulled off the hair heist? The prank is legendary. Oh, of course, they have to know. Uncle Jesse, how did you get that wig off his head? Jesse says, fishing pole, chewing gum, and a freeway overpass. Okay, that had to have taken some major timing calculations to get that just so. So, my guess is that the freeway overpass, there must have been a traffic backup, for, and they had to get it just right. Like, he was in standstill traffic, and they had a fishing pole, and they were able to get it to reach down from the overpass onto the guy's head. I mean, clearly, it must have been a nice day. He had his top down on his car. And Jesse says, let's say when his, uh, you went under... The uh, overpass, his hair was the catch of the day. And, of course, DJ's like, do you believe he still has that thing? And Jesse says, you'd know why if you saw him without it. He's so bald. Oh, my gosh, and they are reusing this joke. Jesse says he is so bald, it looks like his neck is blowing a bubble. And pal Joey, Joey uses that same joke with Sheldon the bully. He's like, your head or did your neck blow a bubble same joke everybody same joke wow oh well actually turns out dj asked no i meant the car apparently jesse must keep tabs on this guy's like oh yeah 1957 chevy that thing is a classic well jesse knows his cars and of course Kimmy says, we gotta top this prank. I want to leave more behind at Bayview than a D-average and a locker full of odor eaters. So, of course, DJ's like, look, Kimmy, if I try to pull off a prank like Uncle Jesse's, I would be a nervous wreck. It's like, hey, who says you necessarily have to pull the prank off? You could just have Kimmy do it. She'd take the rap for you anyway. And also, DJ says, you know, Robillard said if he catches anyone, they won't graduate. You could blow your whole college career. Well, Kimmy's not going to college, so I'm not saying that you could be the one to pull this off. I mean, granted, she does use her boyfriend to, uh, we'll get there. And of course, Jesse says, well, gee, DJ, I got an idea, right? Don't get caught. And Kimmy's just a load of confidence. She says, Deej, no one ever gets caught. Robillard is completely clueless. And Jesse just filling DJ's head saying, hey, look, Deej, I mean, if you're going to do a prank, make sure it's outrageous and something people will remember. Yeah, we, we got both Kimmy and Jesse chirping in DJ's ears from both sides saying, Come on, Deej, listen to Uncle Grill Cream. And Kimmy says, straight A's last a semester, but a good prank lives on forever. So I guess that's all the convincing that DJ needs, because she is definitely about it.
for uh, being there. Hi. Kimmy, I have a great idea for our senior class prank. I'm all ears. Actually, you're all mouth. Okay, here goes. We print up our own school newspaper with fake stories and switch it with the real one. We have a school newspaper? Of course. Where do you get your information? The bathroom wall. How's this for a headline? Principal Robillard sent to his own office for Xeroxing his butt. That's about as exciting as fat-free gravy. Uncle Jesse, what do you think of my idea? Well, it's, uh, it's cute. Guess when I went to Bayview, we were a little more outrageous, you know. Uh, remember one year we stole a Robillardi's toupee, and we ran up the flagpole. That morning, everyone was saying, I pledge allegiance to the rug. They <laughs> said we weren't doing this, we were going like that. <laughs> Hairboy pulled the hair heist? That prank is legendary. Uncle Jesse, how'd you get that wig off his head? Fishing pole. Chewing gum and a freeway overpass. Just to say, when uh, Robillard went under his convertible, his hair was the catch of the day. Can you believe he still has that thing? Well, you know why, if you saw him without it. This guy's so bald, it looks like his neck is blowing a bubble. I meant the car. Mm, mm. Yeah, 1957 Chevy, that thing is a classic. We gotta top this prank. I want to leave more behind at Bayview than a D-average and a locker full of odor eaters. Jimmy, if I tried to pull a prank off like Uncle Jesse's, I would be a nervous wreck. Robillard said if he catches anyone, they won't graduate. And he could blow your whole college career. No, Deej, I have an idea. Don't get caught. Deej, no one ever gets caught. Robillard is completely clueless. Now, all I'm saying is, if you're going to do a prank, make sure it's outrageous and make sure it's something that people will remember. Come on, Deej. Listen to Uncle Brill Cream. <laughs> Straight A's last a semester, but a good prank lives on forever. So when Kimmy says that Straight A's only last a semester, but a good prank lasts forever, it reminded me of what the babe said in the Sandlot to Benny Rodriguez in a dream. He said, Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid, and you'll never go wrong. I love how it's, he, the, especially the heroes get remembered, but legends never die. I just, it just, it felt so similar to that. All right, well, let's see what we got here. It looks like we're going to be making meatloaf. Well, I'm not making it. Becky and Michelle is going to help out. We got a whole bunch of ingredients. We got a metal bowl with ground beef. We got some broken up uh, cracker bits in a mixing bowl. We got black pepper, probably some garlic or onion salt, chili powder, Worcestershire sauce, ketchup that may be mustard over there, you know, salt, all, all your all your seasonings, all your fixins, and then three other types of uh, seasonings, probably also, you know, oregano or whatever she wants to put in there. Eggs, of course. So this is a recipe that Becky got from her grandma, and she says, Grandma's meatloaf was always everyone's favorite. All we got to do is follow the recipe. So grandma here <laughs> is not, I, I guess it's like, um, a feel recipe because she says several smidgens of ketchup. And even 
Trish has like, what's a smidgen? In fact, he says, oh, a smidgen, that's about the size of a small pigeon. All I know is I think you use a good deal of ketchup in it because you want it to be nice and, and moist. And when I've had meatloaf, my grandma made meatloaf, and I definitely remember like a ketchup glaze on top or also cooked into it. A dollop's not bad. A dollop to me honestly feels more like a regular spoonful. And Becky's like, uh, how much is in a dollop? I'm like, you're asking a child who's never done a recipe before. Just go grab a spoon out of the drawer. Like, but, uh, I'd say like a cereal spoon. And just, boom, there you go. You heard that daisy sour cream where they say a dollop of daisy? Yeah, you're not putting a whole lot in there, especially not mustard. That's going to offset the ketchup. Well, there's a, um, my dad would make this with the ground beef. You put ketchup, mustard, um, a little bit of apple cider vinegar in there and mix it together. And that was basically, and then he would put it over mashed potatoes and then also make corn and put that on top. It was so good. But that's the thing. You had to be very careful. You didn't want too much of, too much ketchup and only, it was just, you had to find the right balance basically to taste. If you put too much ketchup, it's going to be a little too much. But if you put a little too much mustard, it's going to offset the taste. Yeah, that is, that's too much mustard. A smattering of egg and an inkling of onion. What in the world? I know that it has eggs in it. I mean, they must have a, a recipe there for that. You can just kind of adjust accordingly. And Becky's like, All right, let me see that recipe. A sprinkling of parsley seasoned to taste. And Michelle's like, taste, like, taste what? And... Becky, at this point, she's getting frustrated. She's like, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, who can tell by this recipe? I'm like, girl, don't you know your grandma? Can you call her and say, Grandma, what's up with this? I'm trying to follow this recipe, but I I don't know. Tell me what a submission is, a dollop. I don't. I need me real measurements. I mean, I know that some people are saying, like, you cook according to feel with ingredients. I get it. It's, it depends on, I guess, what you're cooking and your style of cooking. They're like, oh, no, no, we don't do the measurements. We just do it according to f feel. I'm thinking, like, you're trying to become one with the food. I, I don't know. I mean, not everyone can be Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen. Not everyone can be Gordon Ramsay. What I'm trying to do is make a meal for a family of ten. <laughs> Now, Grandma's meatloaf was always everybody's favorite, so all we have to do is follow the recipe exactly. Let's start with the seasonings. Several smidgens of ketchup. What's a smidgen? A smidgen? Well, that's, uh, that's about the size of a small pigeon. Okay, what's next? A dollop of mustard. A dollop? How much is in a dollop? I don't know. A bunch of smidgens? Works for me. <laughs> okay, what do you got now? A 
smattering of egg and an inkling of onion. Let me see that. A sprinkling of parsley, seasoned to taste. Tastes like what? Well, who could tell from this recipe? So, yeah, it, when she squeezes the ketchup bottle, she gets a decent amount. But when she, she puts basically half a jar of mustard in there. And I'm just like, it's gonna, I just think that's gonna offset it. I mean, sure, I like mustard, but not to the point where it's overpowering. So, now we're gonna go upstairs to DJ's room. And Kimmy busts in and says, DJ, I've got the answer to our prayers. Dwayne. And DJ kind of looks up towards the heavens and says, uh, apparently we've had a bad connection. So, Dwayne got a job at a construction site that's next to the school. Oh, wait, I thought he, she said he got a, like a plumbing job. Something to that effect. And she's dating him, so, uh, yeah, she's got the connection, so she's going to take advantage so, yeah, DJ says, oh, wow, Dwayne, you must be happy. That's a lot of toilets to install. And he's like, whatever. That's all this guy says. And Kimmy's like, oh, sweetie, you can operate that big crane that you're telling me about. And DJ, I don't get why she's got to be like this with him. It's like, leave the poor boy alone. He asks, Dwayne, is that all you say? Whatever. And he says, I, I guess. <laughs> so, Kimmy's like, DJ, don't you get it? For a prank, we can hoist Robillard himself up the flagpole. But DJ's like, Kimmy, the whole point of the prank is for him not to know about it. You don't want the principal to know who's doing it. It's going to be easier to catch them. And then DJ adds, you know, he might be a little suspicious if he notices us putting a big hook through his pants. Kimmy counters, counters with, DJ, do you want to be a wimp your whole life? Don't you want to do something incredible and amazing and something people will remember like what your Uncle Jesse did? And... <laughs> DJ's like, yeah, of course, but the whole I'm not going to graduate thing is popping in her brain. Like, if I, I mean, she wants to, I think she just wants to do a harmless prank that it's like, oh, DJ, <laughs> you're so clever. Don't worry, you'll graduate just fine. It'll be just fine. It's, it's just not a big deal. And Kimmy says, well, we have a a crane, we have Dwayne, we have your brain. Let's come up with something. Actually, it does rhyme for the most part. <laughs> and Kimmy says, come on, Deej, this could be a classic. Light bulb goes off above DJ's head. I'm like, a classic. That's it. Robillard's car. We can hoist it out of the roof of the school. But yeah, she says, that gives me an idea. And we won't know what that idea is until we get to the next scene. Deej. Meet the answer to our prayers. <laughs> Apparently we had a bad connection. Oh, Deej, my sweetie Dwayne just got a big plumbing job at the construction site next to the school. Oh, wow, Dwayne, that's a lot of toilets to install. You must be really excited. Whatever. <laughs> Dwayne can operate that big crane, right, sweetheart? Whatever. <laughs> 
mean, is that all you say? Whatever? I guess. Deej, don't you get it? For a prank, we can hoist old Robillard himself up the flagpole. Kimmy, the idea of the prank is not to let Robillard know who's doing it. I mean, he might get suspicious when he sees us putting a big hook in his pants. Are you gonna be a wimp your whole life? Don't you want to do something wild and unforgettable like your Uncle Jesse? Of course, but, well, we have a crane. We have Dwayne. We have your brain. Hey, that almost rhymes. <laughs> I guess. Come on, Deej. This could be a classic. A classic? That gives me an idea. Okay, so now we're on the roof of the school, and we got a handful of students that apparently want to come watch as the crane is lifting Robillard's car onto the roof of the school. DJ, of course, that car's getting too close to her head. She's yelling out instructions to Dwayne, saying, a little to the left. No, you're left. And she yells, the hot water side. Okay, we got a handful of kids. We got, of course, Kimmy. We got one, two, three, four, five, six other kids that all wanted to watch this go down. So DJ and Kimmy slap high five, and DJ's like, oh, what I wouldn't give to see Robillard's face when he gets back from the away game. So how interesting that I guess there was an away game for probably basketball or something. And... He probably left his car there and just went with the school bus to wherever the away game is. And Kimmy's like, oh yeah, and then his precious car is missing from its covered parking spot. And DJ says, this is a senior prank that no one will forget. And Kimmy asks, well, what about your Uncle Jesse's? And of course, I, DJ is so confident. She says, Uncle who? these six extras that they have here on the roof with DJ and Kimmy. I don't know what direction they were given by whoever was directing the episode, but just they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they're so, like, mutedly quiet. It's just, I don't, that's probably the direction. Like, now don't be too loud. We don't want you to, uh, overpower the scene of dialogue between DJ and Kimmy or DJ shouting at Dwayne. It just, it seems really like, I expected more from those six. Like, yeah! Oh, way to go, Tanner! You're awesome! This is the best senior prank ever! Something to that effect. 
not the yeah, yeah, wake up, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but I just, ugh. I think that's just as bad as DJ's updo. All right, so now we get the after effect of the meatloaf. Everyone is basically stuffed. Danny is, this just seems so out of character for Danny. This feels more Bob Saget than anything else because he's like leaning back in his chair. You got Michelle that's sitting like barely even on the chair. She's like scooted so far up. Like the chair is so far away from the table and she's scooted like all the way to the end. And she's like, all right, well, what do you think? And, of course, his mom's like, oh, you're a good cook, Mama. The other, the twin in green is like, yeah, who knew? And Danny's like, yeah, Beck, I mean, that was really delicious. I'm amazed. I mean, who knew? And Becky's like, okay, so should I consider that uh, an apology or a compliment? And Danny says, both. So I didn't hear anything from Jessica. It's like, dude, that's your wife. You could have paid her a compliment, too. I mean, come on. And as soon as Becky leaves, Joey's like, oh, man, I'm bloated. He looked like he had, like, eaten beyond the comfort level. It's like, don't, I mean, honestly, it's like, eat it, but don't be, like, over, don't overdo it to the point where you're, uncomfortably full to the point where it's like I gotta pop a Tums, I gotta suck down some Pepto. Don't go to that level. It's like eat until like, okay, your society is met, or society, your satiety is is met and you, you don't, you don't need to, you could have used some of that I'm like, hey, let's make some sandwiches out of it, let's take it for lunch the next day, or something to that effect. And Danny, Danny, Joey lifts up his sweatshirt and he's rubbing his stomach, and you just see the expression on Stephanie and Michelle's face. Ugh. And Joey says, "Well, that's about a four notcher on the old belt, let me tell you." As he adjusts his belt because it's too tight, because he put he took in too much food. And Michelle, since she helped, she asks, "Should I consider that an apology or a compliment?" And Stephanie says, you should consider that a reason to stay single. And Danny's like, oh, do we have enough for DJ? And Becky says, oh, I, I don't think she'll go hungry. Because there's actually a couple slabs on a plate for DJ. Oh my gosh, this is like a Thanksgiving turkey-sized meatloaf in this pan. So, of course... She when she didn't check the recipe because I guess her grandmother when she cooked the meatloaf, it was basically for the entire trailer park. Yeah, the audience, woo! Oh my gosh, yeah! And then just Michelle and Stephanie's eyes bug out like what? Oh no, I mean not Michelle, but Stephanie's like what? Oh, we gotta eat more of that. And of course I was gonna say Michelle already knows because she helped make it. And Jesse says back, that's not a meatloaf. That's a meat mountain. Like, that is a lot of meatloaf. No, and, and the thing is, I've tried making uh, meatloaf a couple different ways. Like, one in the crock pot, one in, like, uh, a loaf pan. Um, I made, like, cheeseburger meatloaf with cheese in it. And, or I've even had one that was, like, wrapped in bacon on top. And just, it's just... 
it's good, but it just something just seems like either it's too moist or it's not moist enough. The the meat is, and it just I, I don't know. It just to me sometimes when I think of meatloaf, sometimes it just makes me think dried out. And yeah, she's like I forgot to take into consideration that her recipe was basically for the whole trailer park. And Becky, smiling, says, anyone else want a piece of the rock? <laughs> like, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and Comet's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I'll take some more. And she brings the plate over, and she has a spatula with a piece of meatloaf in, on it. And she asks, will you be eating that here, or would you like a doggy bag? And she drops it into his bowl. Wow, that dog just wolfed that down in, like, point one second. Oh, that's so nice that Jesse's like, hey, look, honey, because I uh, teased you about your cooking, I'll offer to do the dishes. And she's like, yeah, honey, that's real great. Thank you. That's sweet. And of course, everyone else gets up to leave the, the table. And Danny and Joey are like, oh, yeah, you're so sweet. Yeah, that is sweet. And of course, Jesse's like, wait, no, I'm not the only one that complimented her her, her meal. Guys, where are you going? <laughs> no, he says, I'm not the only one who teased her, Joey and Danny. <laughs> uh, they're all like, you're on your own here. And even the boys are leaving. And Jesse's like, wait, boys, where are you going? Well, he says, hey, how about a hand? And they start clapping. <laughs> and he says, no, boys, that's an old joke. And they say, well, it's new to us. Bye. Have fun with the dishes. Really delicious. I, I'm amazed. Who knew? <coughs> Should I consider that an apology or a compliment? Both. Thanks. Whew, man, am I bloated? <laughs> that is about a four notcher on the old belt. Let me tell you. Should I consider that an apology or a compliment? You should consider that a reason to stay single. Do we have enough left for DJ? Whoa. I don't think she'll go hungry. Beck, that's not a meatloaf. That, that's a meat mountain. Well, I forgot to take into consideration that Grandma's recipe was for the whole trailer park. Anyone else want a piece of the rock? Oh, well, I think that we can spare a little. Will you be eating that here, or would you like a doggy bag? Hey, back. Since I uh, teased you so much about your cooking, I volunteer to do the dishes. Oh, thanks, honey. That's really sweet of you. You are. You're very that sweet. That is very sweet. Wait, wait, I wasn't the only one who teased her. How about some other volunteers, please? Hey, hey, boys, boys. How about a hand? Tell me, that's an old joke. New to us. So DJ and Kimmy come in, and DJ says, Uncle Jesse, we just pulled off the greatest prank ever. And Kimmy says, yeah, it's better than your tube on a stick. And Jesse's like, well, I way doubt that, but let's hear it. 
And DJ says, we got a crane and lift, lifted Robillard's car onto the roof of the school. And I love how Jesse says, I always knew one day some crazy devil-may-care maniac would surpass my prank. Who knew it would be my niece? Now he says, I am proud to call that maniac my niece. He says, hug me. <laughs> And DJ is still riding this high. She's like, Uncle Jesse, it was unbelievable. I mean, Robillard is going to freak out. And, of course, DJ's like, do you think Dwayne will talk? And Kimmy says, he doesn't even talk to me. It's like, yeah, all he his vocab seems to consist of is whatever. And DJ is just like, oh, this prank, it was unbelievable. It was outrageous. Everything went off perfectly. And then we hear the thunderclap, along with the lightning. Oh, boy. And DJ, uh, yeah, Jesse, as he's trying to, you know, get everything off the table, says, yeah, it looks like you guys got that prank done just in time. It looks like it's going to pour. And that's where DJ said, oh, no, ooh, the top on the car is down. We, all we want, she says, all we want to do is ruin his day, not his car. Yeah, because DJ hops off the counter and says, Kimmy, Robillard's car is on the roof. And Kimmy says, yeah, I know, I can't get over it either. Yeah, and DJ's like, with the top down, Kimmy, the interior is going to be destroyed. And Kimmy is just like, this prank is turning out to be great. And DJ has to remind Kimmy, it's like, Kimmy, the idea of the prank was not to ruin his car, just ruin his day. Especially if it's a classic and he keeps up on, you know, the upkeep and maintenance and everything. The last thing, I mean, he's going to want to have to do is replace the, you know, the interior, which probably would cost quite a bit. A bit. They got to get back to school and put the top up on the vehicle. But then again, if they don't have the keys, then that's going to make it more difficult. It's an automatic top, and they need the keys. And DJ's like, we're dead. We're dead. So, of course, Jesse's like, no, maybe not yet. You know, I can hotwire the car, but we got to hurry. And DJ's, like, wasting time. It's like, how do you know how to hotwire a car? It's like, it's not important how I know. Just, I know. Let's go. <laughs> time is of the essence here. Science project, apparently. Uh-huh. Sure. Whatever you say, Jesse. We got a crane and lifted Robillard's car onto the roof of the school. I always knew one day some crazy devil-may-care maniac would surpass my prank. I am proud to call that maniac my niece. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me. Uncle Jesse, it was unbelievable. Robillard is going to freak out. Do you think Dwayne will talk? He doesn't even talk to me. <laughs> what a prank. It was unbelievable. It was outrageous. Everything went off perfectly. Yeah, it's a good thing you guys got that prank done in time. Looks like it's going to pour any minute out there. Oh, my gosh. Kimmy, Robillard's car's on the roof. I know. I can't get over it either. <laughs> With the top down, Kimmy, the interior is going to be destroyed. This prank is turning out to be great. <laughs> Kimmy, the idea of the prank was not to ruin his car, just ruin his day. We've got to get back there and put the top up. Wait. We can't. It's an automatic top and we need the keys. We're dead. 
Well, maybe not yet. You know what? I can hotwire the car, but we gotta hurry. Uh, how'd you learn how to hotwire a car? Well, a science project. <laughs> All right, so we're on the roof. Jesse's hot wired the car. And Ellie goes like, ha, the kid still got it. And then he is able to put the top up. I'm just curious, if you hot wire a vehicle and it starts, then do you have to connect the wires again to turn it off? I mean, I, I've never hot wired. I don't have any intention of ever doing that, which I would think that would be even harder now with the way that cars are made so now dj is of course she thanks jesse and says you know i'm sorry i ever did this so now she's having doubts like maybe this was too far where was the security guard before when they were putting it on the you would hear that crane because i'm sure it would have made a lot of noise was he on a break was he not there yet what's up so of course the security guard's coming up jesse's look look I will take care of the security guard. If you get caught, you won't graduate. You won't go to college. No, you two hide. I will take care of it. So the security guard comes up with a flashlight saying, hey, what's going on up? And then he realizes that, that Robillard's car is on the roof, which like, that shouldn't be on the roof. And, of course, the security guard with his flashlight sees Jesse. And he's like, what are you doing in there? And Jesse says, well, I, I got tired, so I pulled over. And the guy is, like, kind of a dum-dum. This is a security cop. Security guard, not a cop. He's like, oh, okay, get some rest. And Jesse's like, okay, thanks. And then the guy, like, comes to his senses. And then he realizes that it's Principal Robillard's car. And, of course, Jesse gets out of the car. He's like, yeah, you know what? So it is. That's right. I forget. You know, I parked mine on top of the gym. And Jesse's like, oh, well, you know what? Have a nice night. Looks like rain. We'll see ya. I was like, no, 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 sir. You are not going anywhere. And the guy's like, no, you're coming with me. And Jesse's like, come on. It was just a little prank. Where's your sense of humor? And the guy, like, forcibly grabs Jesse by the arm, spins him around, and starts pushing him forward. And Jesse says, oh, well, apparently you had it surgically removed at a young age. So, of course, once they leave, DJ and Kimmy come out of their hiding spot. DJ's feeling guilt, like, Kimmy, this whole thing was our idea. We can't let my Uncle Jesse take the fall for this. Yeah, and, and Kimmy's like, but he doesn't want you to take the blame. You'll be kicked out of school and you won't go to college. DJ has never done a bad thing in her life, at least at the school. Um, I really don't think that the, I mean, principal is probably like, who are, DJ Tanner? Hmm. I've never seen you in my office. Yeah, I think he even makes a point at saying, like, I've never had you come to my office, like, at all in the four years that you've been here. And, wow, Kimmy is really pouring it on here. She says, everything you worked for will go down the drain. She'll still become a veterinarian. She'll still marry Tommy Sr. She'll still have three kids. She'll still move into the Tanner home. It will all work out. It'll be fine. Everything she worked for will not go down the drain. So, <laughs> DJ's worried about, like, oh, what are they going to do to him? And Kimmy says, shave his head, toss him in the clink, and make him listen to his own singing. <laughs> and Kimmy asks, poor sap, 
Oh, well. Hey, let's go grab a burger. I think McDonald's is open right now. Hey, <laughs> it's just so nonchalant. She's not bothered by this at all. It's like, it doesn't have any effect on me because technically I didn't do anything. You came up with the prank. Dwayne had the crane. I was just an innocent bystander <laughs> that was just here for the moment. DJ, of course, is really feeling guilty here. It's like, oh, I just, I wanted to do something. And now it's just, it's all ruined. You know, her Uncle Jesse, I mean, what if Principal Robillard presses charges and has him arrested for Grand Theft Auto or something? Which, Grand Theft Auto, I mean, that's more like if you run off with, like, you steal the car, you take it somewhere. It's still there, it's just on the roof. Which could just as easily be pulled off the roof if you get the crane and pull the vehicle off the roof and put it back on solid ground. playing sorry um Danny is just reclining on the floor by the coffee table and he's like Becky I can't get over how good that dinner was I mean if there was an Oscar for cooking I think you'd win best performance by a loaf and Becky says oh well you're very kind I'd like to thank all the little people and of course Michelle says oh yeah that would be me so here we go. Um, <clears throat> I think this is a, what do they call it? Psychosomatic, which we'll get to in just a moment. Because Stephanie comes in and it's like, Dad, I think Comet's sick. And he asks, well, why do you say that? And Stephanie says, oh, I don't know. Something about the way he just tossed his biscuits all over the rose bush outside. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Comet just lays down and he just starts whimpering. Like he, well, it's more of a groan than a whimper. Like he's just uncomfortable. 
I mean, yeah. Danny's like, oh, are you all right, fellow? And Stephanie, well, I mean, he was fine at dinner. I mean, he really wolfed down that meatloaf. Boom! That is when Joey and Danny start to feel like they're not feeling so great. Like, oh, if the dog's sick from it, maybe I don't feel so great either. Yeah, right away, Joey's like, the meatloaf. And Becky immediately takes offense. Like, wait, there's nothing wrong with that meatloaf. It just won an Oscar. And then Joey's like, oh no, Comet drinks out of the toilet. What does that have to do with the meatloaf? If the meatloaf's making him sick, it's going to kill us. What does the dog drinking out of the toilet have to do with eating the meatloaf? Becky is just rolling her eyes like... Like, this is the last time I cook for this family. Oh, stop it, Danny! He's like, oh, you know what? I'm actually uh, starting to feel a bit queasy myself. No, you're not! It's psychosomatic! <laughs> you just think you're getting sick because the dog is not feeling that great. And Stephanie's like, yeah, I feel like I swallowed a brick. And Michelle even adds, my stomach's getting all gurgly. It's probably indigestion! Joey overate like nobody's business. Like, again, don't, don't do that to you. Don't overstuff. Just, just eat. And here you're like, okay, I'm full. You don't want an overfull feeling. But then again, sometimes things just aren't going to agree with you. There's not, they were, and sometimes that's the thing. It's like, it's not going to show an effect right after you eat it it may take an hour or so and then you're like i feel something feels off and becky's like oh come on you guys this is, yeah even she says psychosomatic it's all in your heads the dog hadn't wandered in and laid on the floor and started like groaning no one would be talking about this and joey's like yeah for now it is but pretty soon it's gonna be all over that rose bush okay now the boys come in and they say well, we feel bad. And they do have that silly dough, which I think, honestly, Joey needs to add something to it to make it more firmer. Just a little bit, because it is, it's really, I mean, it's basically, it looks like Nickelodeon, get, even Silly Putty has a more firmer substance, I believe, where it's not just like, like made out of like bouncy ball material and Danny says to Becky psychosomatic huh and Becky asks Nikki Alex do your tummies hurt and he said no and she's like well what's wrong and the other twin says somebody took all our silly dough basically all that's left so Becky looks upon closer inspection there's teeth marks there's a blonde hair she looks at it and she's like, well, there are teeth marks on it and slobber and a blonde hair. <laughs> Stephanie just looks at it. Joey. Like, he's not going to eat his own creation. It doesn't take long to deduce who the culprit is. As Becky examines Comet's teeth, which are blue, and he also has got blue on his paws. I think this is funny. She says, either accommodate the silly dough or he's been out chasing Smurfs. I I would say he's been out chasing Smurfs. <laughs> that would be silly. I would, 
So, of course, Michelle's concerned. She's like, is he going to be okay? Joey's like, hey, Cummins going to be just fine. Silly Bill is non-toxic and 100% natural. Yeah, Joey sits down on the coffee table and says, yeah, come here, buddy. And Comet sits up and goes over to him. And Joey's, you know, patting him, rubbing his face. Like, see that? He's starting to feel better already. Yeah, he probably could use a doggy mint or a doggy toothbrushing. Ow! <laughs> Becky did say he was out eating some herbs, so. <laughs> and eating who knows what else outside. Then again, I mean, the thing is, growing up, I never, ever, I had two dogs in my, growing up. We never, ever brushed their teeth. <laughs> sure, eventually, once they got much older, they went from hard food to soft food, but dogs do that because eventually their teeth can't handle the hard crunchiness. They have to go with the moist, soft food. But, I mean, and now it's just, there's so many things that I've seen, like, you got to do with, with dog care that's so much more than what, like, growing up in the country, having a dog, it's like, you just let the dog, you know, do its thing. I mean, I rarely ever gave my dogs baths. I mean, they're outdoor dogs. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> And they really ever really needed anything other than, you know, food and water and playing with them. And, you know, we kept up on their upkeep and whatnot. But other than that, what's that? And, and they lived to be like 12, 13 years old. Boys are like, come on, Comet. Let's go hunt some Smurfs. <laughs> Danny, uh-huh. You don't throw this blame on it. You brought this up first. He's like, and you guys were worried about the meatloaf. It's like, Danny, you were complaining about a stomach problem as well. Even Stephanie calls him on it like, Dad, you were the one who said you felt queasy. That was you. And then Michelle is like, well, I don't understand. I, f I mean, I feel fine now. And now Danny's making excuses. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know what it was? I think it was that game of sorry. I was, <laughs> let me guess, you were losing? <laughs> the tension, it was gut-wrenching. Like, I don't think so. Once you get put all the way back to start. <laughs> yeah. That game, honestly, that Monopoly feel like the longest board games ever. And I'm just thinking, like, there's got to be, like, a shorter, there's got to be, like, a shorter version of Monopoly. Like, oh, we only have, like, a half hour to play Monopoly. There's got to be, like, a short, like, 30-minute version of it or something. Because that, like, goes on for, like, hours and hours. And it's just, like, I could be doing something else with my life. I could be reading a book, watching a TV show. Something else. I mean, nothing wrong with Monopoly. It's an okay game. It's just, you're basically clearing your whole afternoon if you're going to sit down and play Monopoly. Michelle asks, well, how come everyone else felt sick? And Becky says, well, sometimes your mind can play tricks on you. And she says, and if you believe something's strong enough, you can make it happen. So, this new superpower that Michelle is thinking she's going to inhabit says, and, and, and she's like, cool. And Danny's like, what cool? And Michelle says, I believe you're going to raise my allowance. I'd be like, <laughs> keep believing that, sweetie, because it ain't going to happen. So I was just informed that apparently the game Monopoly does have some options for shorter 
game periods. Anyway, psychosomatic. Here's the definition. Of a physical illness or other condition caused or aggravated by a mental factor such as internal conflict or stress. And then, of course, the uh, definition here. Her doctor was convinced that most of Edith's problems were psychosomatic. And the other definition, relating to the interaction of mind and body. Becky, I can't believe how good that dinner was. If there was an Oscar for cooking, I think you'd win best performance by a loaf. (laughs) You're very kind. I'd like to thank all the little people. That would be me. (laughs) Dad, I think Comet's sick. What makes you say that? Oh, I don't know. Something about the way he just tossed his biscuits all over the rose bush. (laughs) You okay, Phil? He was fine at dinner. I mean, he really wolfed down that meatloaf. The meatloaf? Hey, there's nothing wrong with that meatloaf. It just won an Oscar. (laughs) No, Comet drinks out of the toilet. If the meatloaf's making him sick, it's gonna kill us. (laughs) You know what? I'm, uh, I'm actually starting to feel a little queasy myself. No, you're not. Yeah, I feel like I swallowed a brick. My stomach's getting all gurgly. Oh, come on, you guys. This is totally psychosomatic. It's all in your heads. Yeah, for now it is, but pretty soon it's going to be all over that rose bush. (laughs) Well, you feel bad. Psychosomatic, huh? Nikki, Alex, do your tummies hurt? No. Well, then what's wrong? So I took all our silly dough. They did? This is all that's left. Let me see that. Well, there are teeth marks all over it, and slobber, and a blonde hair. Joey? Ah, blue teeth, blue paws. Well, either accommodate the silly dough or he's been out chasing Smurfs. Is he gonna be okay? Comet's gonna be just fine. Silly dough is non-toxic and 100% natural. Huh? Oh, come here, boy. Yeah. Yeah, see, Daddy's starting to feel better already. Ooh, you could use a little doggy mint. Pee, yeah. Come <laughs> You guys were worried about the meatloaf. Uh, Dad, you were the one who said you felt queasy. Yeah, but you know what it was? I think it was that game of sorry. The tension, it was gut-wrenching. <laughs> Sometimes your mind can play tricks on you. And if you believe something strong enough, you can make it happen. Cool. What cool? I believe you're going to raise my allowance. So now we're in the principal's office, and Jesse's like, this is just ludicrous. This is ridiculous. It's a, it's a travesty. And then he turns to the security guard and says, just raise your hand when I get to a word you recognize. Jesse, like, looks at that guy, kind of looks at him like, he's, like, trying to figure out if this guy's got, like, a brain in his head or what. So, Mr. Robillard comes in and he immediately recognizes Jesse. He's like, you! And Jesse is all like, me. 
And yeah, the guy's like, Jesse Katsopoulos, what a long overdue pleasure. It's like this guy has had it in for Jesse since day one. And Jesse goes to Robillardo, but then he's like, Mr. Robillard. It's like, dude, you're a grown man, come on. But yeah, he does remember, the principal does remember the flagpole incident. And Jesse tries to feign in the sense, like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, oh, no, no, I think you do. And <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, you put my car on the roof. And Jesse's like, come on, Robillard, it was a joke. What are you going to do, call my parents? I'm like, well, technically, you're an adult, so he has a right to call the police, which the police will be like, oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> We're not even going to bother with that because... Your car's on the roof, just go find a crane, have it them pull it down for you. That is not a reason to arrest someone. And Jesse's like, what are you going to do? Call my parents? Put me in detention? I will, or make me write 500 times, I will not put a car on a roof? So Jesse's like, alright, see ya, Robo, I'm out of here. And the guy's like, Mr. Kasopoulos, the only way that you're leaving here is in the back of a police car. Okay, hold up. Okay, um, Jesse is even like, why are you calling the police? And the and the principal's like, trespassing, breaking and entering, grand theft. Auto. I'm like, wait a minute, trespassing? Really? Break? What did he break and what did he enter? There's more to this story here, and I think you need to haul in DJ and question her. Again, Jesse like puts down the receiver so the guy can't make the call and so it's like I don't believe it I didn't I didn't save it I just lifted it. it yeah it's the car has not left the parking lot it's basically still on school grounds I don't believe guy calm yourself this guy's got a family and everything it's just I mean I get it he's angry the car is fine Apparently he knows DJ because when DJ comes in, like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Robillard? And he's like, DJ Tanner, what are you doing here? I'm like, this is my uncle. He says, this, Mr. Robillard, this whole thing was my stupid idea. Of course, yeah, she admits, like, I'm the one who put your car on the roof. It was my idea. And Jesse's like, oh, no, 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 that, that, that didn't happen. And Jesse's like, oh, no, she's just a wacky, crazy, college-bound student who doesn't realize she's about to throw her life down the toilet. He says she's trying to ruin her future before she even gets there. Like, I get it. He's trying to save her from something. But honestly, DJ's never been in trouble at the school a day in her life. You know that Robillard would definitely go easy on her. So Jesse's like, tell him, like, call the police. Call the police. I'm to blame. 1-800-BOOK-EM. Go ahead. Go. Make the call. And she even tells Jesse, it's like, it's okay. It's my responsibility. I did this. I'm taking responsibility for it. And Jesse's like, come on, Deej, please. Roblar doesn't believe you do something that crazy. And DJ does bring up a good point. So, like, Mr. Roblar, why would I be here in your office at night if I weren't involved in this? And Jesse, see, she's taking this remedial shop class with old three fingers, McGee. And, of course, Mr. Robillard corrects Jesse, says, Mr. Katsopoulos, that class is no longer offered at night. Since you left, it's two fingers, McGee. Like, oh my gosh! How is that? Oh my goodness! And then Jesse's like, oh, I guess he never got the hang of the jigsaw, huh? Like, ugh. 
And yeah, Mr. Robillard, he's like, gosh, DJ, I still can't believe that you're involved in a prank like this. Like, why would, you're such a good student. Why would you do this? Jesse, of course, throws himself under the bus saying, look, she isn't right. This is all my fault. And he says, I kept pushing her and goading her to do something outrageous. Yeah. And he's like, if it was up to her, she would have just said you Xeroxed your butt. Yeah, Jesse, like, look, I'm responsible. Call the police. Go ahead. Book me. I'll see you, DJ, on Visitor's Day. And, yeah, DJ says, look, Mr. Roblar, the only reason my uncle's here is because he's here to help me. I mean, if it weren't for him, the rain would have ruined your car. And she says that, you know, that's how he got the top up. He hot-wired the ignition. Security guard looks at him a little more clearly, like, uh, excuse me. Dance project, no. And she says, look, if anyone should be punished, it should be me. And the principal is just, he, he's, he is gentle. He is a nice guy. He says, DJ, you had such a bright future. Why would you throw it away? Because she wanted to leave a legacy. Sweetie, think of all the work that you put into all the charity events when it comes to that school raising money. That's how you shine. That's how you leave a legacy. By all the good work you do. The fact that you're a kind person. People will see that and they'll remember that. You leaving, putting, I mean, there are other ways that you can be remembered. Which is a lot of what she's already done. She says, for once in my life, I just wanted to show everyone that I had guts. And Jesse says, well, you did, Deej. I mean, coming in here, sticking up for me, taking responsibility. That's about as gutsy as it gets. It's like, you know that DJ was not going to let Jesse take the fall. Honestly, I, I mean, I like this guy. He's <laughs> like, and brilliant. That was the best prank in the history of school pranks. I gotta, I mean, I gotta wonder. I mean, yeah, it just seems like sometimes some pranks are just done to be that they cause more problems than they should. But it's like, part of me just thinks like a creative prank that doesn't hurt anybody, that doesn't damage any property. Something that you can look at like, oh, that was creative. That was a good prank that, you know, no one got hurt. We can all kind of laugh at it or something like that. Yeah, Roblox impressed. Like, wow, that was the best prank in the history of the school. D- DJ's like, <laughs> just can't believe it. I'm like, really? And of course, DJ, I-, I thought you hated seeing your pranks. And it's just part of me thinks like that is kind of a cliche. Like, you know, obviously, prince would be supposed to, you know, hate them and everything like that. He says, well, yeah, I mean, the kids expect me to say that. Yeah, he even says, what good is a prank if you think the principal approves it? And DJ says, so I'm not in trouble? And he's like, no. Yeah, of course. He's like, as long as you keep a straight face tomorrow when I uh, ream out the school. Well, yeah, he says, when I chew out the senior class for this heinous and outrageous crime. Against authority. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, he's gotta keep up the principal image. And she puts out her hand and says, deal. He's like, all right. And Jesse's like, well, wait, wait a minute. When I said I did it, you basically wanted to call the police and have me arrested. I'm like, yeah, but you have, you've left a legacy yourself there, Jess, of uh, being a troublemaker and constantly being in Roblard's office. So <laughs> he was not going to 
waste any time. Like, I see you haven't changed. I'm calling the police. Robillard does not know that Jesse is a family man with kids and a wife and everything like that. He just sees him as the same rabble rouser he was when he was like 17. Oh, the principal says, oh yeah, there's a good reason for that. And Jesse asks, well, what is it? And the principal straight face to Jesse says, yeah, I never liked you. I never liked you. And Jesse to DJ says, see, he never, you, what? <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> so when Jesse asks why, the principal says, because you had the hair I wanted since I was a balding boy scout. Yeah, because back when Jesse was in high school, he had the long hair. And he says, and your hair's even gotten better. Well, Jesse does do a lot of hair maintenance to it to keep it that way. Well, he, and he pulls off his toupee and says, well, I've been stuck with this. Honestly, I would lose the toupee because it just looks really good. Because it's dark hair on top of grayish hair. It just, I mean, and you can tell. I'd be like, dude, you still got a bit on top. Just own it. Just own. I mean, look at George Costanza from Seinfeld. For most part, he owned, he rocked that balding area. He, he did. He really did. It's like, but, and then it makes me think of, especially in the night, you know those infomercials with the hair, the spray, to like spray in around like the, the, the hair loss area and everything. And how you see the people like coming on the, you know, saying how great the product is, like, oh, it feels so good, I can run my fingers through it, and this and that. It's like, basically grow your own hair, or something that, to that effect, um, hair plugs, just, yeah, there's an episode, uh, Yours, Mine, and Ours, or so, in season five, where Jesse and Becky kind of think about how they'll be when they get older with the boys, and you just see Jesse with a pot belly, and then he's got, like, hair loss on his head, but then he's got, like, hair plugs, and it just, and then you fast forward to, like, Fuller House, and it's, like, he is, like, in his 50s with kids that are, like, in their early 20s, and he's just looking as good as, as ever. It's, like, yeah, and it just, unfortunately, it's just, that's genetic sometimes, you know? It runs in the family. It just, it, but I just think, it's like, dude, lose a toupee, man. You look good without it. Sometimes it's like, it's like, yeah, if people want to color the hair. I mean, for the most part, it's like people, it seems like they do that kind of just to change things up once in a while. But, um, and it just seems like it's more like people do that to change things up. Like, oh, I want a different hair color, try a little something different. It just seems like it's more that than to cover the gray. I mean, honestly, for me... I used to color my hair, like, I, when I was, like, in my, you know, 20s and 30s. Well, I think by the time in my 30s, I kind of stopped at that point. I was like, you know, just just own it. Just just rock it. The, you know, the gray. It's part of getting older. It's like, hey, it's your, it's your badge of honor there. It's like, you've put in your time. Rock that gray. Rock that gray. I love Jesse. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God. It's a wig! <laughs> it's like, he's feigning, like, surprise. Like, dude, you did the flag, the, the, the pole up the, the hair up the, the wig up the flagpole. It's like, come on now.
travesty. Just to raise your hand when I get to a word you recognize. <laughs> That's it, Mr. Rogelard. You, me, Jesse Katsopoulos. What a long overdue pleasure. Robillardo. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Robillard. Long time no see. Mm, uh, not since the uh, flagpole incident, I believe. I, uh, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I think you do. And this time I got gotcha. you. You put my car on the roof. Uh, Robillard was a joke. What are, you, what are you gonna do? Call my parents? Put me in detention? Make me write 500 times? I will not put a car on a roof. <laughs> See you, Robo. Uh, uh, but, 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 Mr. Katsopoulos, uh, the only way you're leaving here is in the back of a police car. The police? Why? Um, trespassing, breaking and entering, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I didn't thieve it, I just lifted it. <laughs> okay. Grand Lift Auto. Either way, you know where you belong. Excuse me, Mr. Robillard? DJ Tanner, what are you doing here? Mr. Robillard, th this whole thing was my stupid idea. I'm the one that put your car on the roof. No, 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 that didn't happen. She, she's just a wacky, crazy, college-bound student who's uh, trying to ruin her future before she even gets there. Go ahead, I'm to blame. 1-800-BOOK-EM. Uh, Go ahead. Go. <laughs> Uncle Jesse, it's okay. It's my responsibility. Oh, Deej, come on, please. Even Robillard doesn't believe you'd do something that crazy. Mr. Robillard, why would I be here in your office at night if I weren't involved in this? Uh, see, she's taking this uh, remedial uh, uh, shop class with old Three Fingers McGee. <laughs> Mr. Katsopoulos, that class is no longer offered at night, and since you left school, it's uh, Two Fingers McGee. <laughs> Guess he never got the hang of the jigsaw, huh? <laughs> DJ, I still can't believe you're involved in a prank like this. Well, she isn't. This is all my fault, okay? I kept pushing her and goading her to do something outrageous. I mean, if it was up to her, she would have just said, you zero extra five. <laughs> Look, I'm responsible here, okay? So call the police. Go ahead, book me. I'll see you on visitor's day. Come on, no, go ahead. The truth is, Mr. Robillard, the only reason my uncle's here was to help me. I mean, if it weren't for him, the rain would have ruined your car. That's how we got the top up. He hotwired the ignition. <laughs> it's a science project. <laughs> So if anyone should be punished, it should be me. DJ, you had such a bright future. Why'd you do it? Because I wanted to leave a legacy. I'll do something outrageous. I guess for once in my life, I just wanted to show everyone that I had guts. Well, you did, DJ. Coming in here, sticking up for me, taking the responsibility, that's about as gutsy as it gets. And as brilliant. That was the best prank in the history of the school. Really? I thought you hated senior pranks. Well, the kids expect me to say that. I mean, what good is a prank if you think the principal approves? <laughs> so I'm not in trouble? No. Uh, as long as you keep a straight face tomorrow when I chew out the senior class for this uh, heinous and outrageous crime against authority. Deal. Right. Uh, 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 hold it a second here. Now, how come when you thought I did the prank, you were going to send me to jail? Well, there's a good reason for that. Oh, yeah, what's that? I never liked you. See, he never... <laughs> Why? Because you had the hair I wanted since I was a balding Boy Scout. <laughs> and your hair's even gotten better. Well, I've been stuck with this. 
pops in and says, Mr. Robillard, it wasn't DJ who did this. And of course, DJ says, Kimmy, you don't have to take the rap. <laughs> Kimmy says, well, I wasn't going to. She says, I'm not. I have the culprit right here as she drags in Dwayne. Dwayne literally has no idea what's going on. This poor young man. And <laughs> DJ says, Dwayne? And he just says, whatever. Everyone just was so confused. Like, who is this guy? So, basically, poor Dwayne here is the fall guy. It's like, Kimmy only got this guy so she could take advantage of him. And it just, oh, this makes me feel bad. So, actually, the episode before this was taking the plunge. Okay. And I was like, Michelle, I gotta say, like, Scott Menville, what was, I think it was pretty much just these three episodes. I don't think he was in, um, any other than just the three for the most part. Let me see here. Yeah, it looks like Taking the Plunge, Up on the Roof, and then Michelle Reds Again Part 2 are the three episodes that Dwayne was in. And right before we go to credit, um, as the credits are rolling, it looks like Jesse, like, Robillard's got his wig back on and Jesse's, like, trying to assess his hair situation. I'm like, dude, lose the wig, lose the toupee. But I thought it was more like, Wigs, I usually think, like, women have wigs and, like, men have too. But, I mean, back in the day, that's just, that's how I kind of figured things growing up. Um, I'm trying to see. So, yeah, that's basically the episode. Uh, definitely hands down DJ's hair flip with the, the collar, the bib, like, collar thing going on it just I I don't like it and I'm just like ugh her her light light pink white shirt it just looked really bleh. and then Becky's like light baby blue ensemble that she was wearing as runner up for that Best outfit? I really don't have one. Honestly, now that I think about it, kind of going back, like, yeah, I really don't. So, Tanner Teachable moment for this episode is, like, if you, um, for DJ, like, hey, don't throw away your feet for coming up with some outrageous prank. I mean, I know that schools are very, very, I'm sure they're very strict on that. So just find other ways to be remembered, I guess. Other smart, safe ways to be remembered. 
like DJ was, you know, with, with the organizing, you know, the events, charity events, and different things like that. Going out of your way to be a good person and everything, and getting yourself noticed in that regard. Being zany and goofy and playing pranks and just being an overall troublemaker. It's like, that's not worth it. And again, is it really going to matter 10 years after you graduate? Nobody, five years after you graduate, nobody is going to care. Because they're all focused about going on with their lives and, and going whether they're going to college or, or working or or just going into a form of service or, or just anything. It's like they're not focused on high school. After you graduate, it's like high school's done. The last thing you want to do is remember it. <laughs> just moving on and moving forward. Uh, as far as Becky and Michelle and that meatloaf, it's like, you, I I don't know if Becky's grandma was still alive, but, but I don't know. Maybe she could have called her like, Grandma, I'm confused on this recipe. Um, can you give me the actual measurements for some of the? But, I mean, it turned out to be good. I, just, I thought that half a jar of mustard in that and only just like a, a long squeeze of. I thought the mustard was going to be like overpowering it. But everyone enjoyed it. So, yeah. I think when you mix in all the other spices and stuff that she was going to throw in there, I think it just, and you whip it together, and it, it just probably all blended well. And I like, um, yeah, that Joey, he was keeping in mind, like, yes, he was going to have the boys, you know, test out the product. Of course, he had to keep in mind, there's a dog around, they get into stuff. It's got to be something that's non-toxic in case the kids are like, oh, I wonder what he tastes like, you know, because of that and everything like that. So, yeah. All right. So next week we come to the end of the Full House podcast with Season 8, Episode 23, Michelle Rides Again, Part 1. While out horseback riding, Michelle's horse runs into it. Oh, um, I can tell you right now this is incorrect. It says, Michelle's horse runs into a tree, throwing her and causing her to hit her head. No, the horse did not run into a tree. There was a log that was fallen, and it got spooked for some reason. But the thing is with that, it's like right after Michelle is sadly thrown, the horse jumps over to the log, no problem. And, yeah, it basically was a one-hour series finale, so... Season 8, episode 24, Michelle Rides Again, part 2. The Tanner family helps Michelle try to regain her memory. So, yep, that is it. And with that, we bid adieu to Full House, having covered all the episodes. And in January, as of next month, even though I'm recording this in the middle of September, January, we're going to kick off Fuller House. So, look forward to that. If you want to email the podcast again, the email address is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet and you'd like to, you can leave a review on iTunes for the podcast. Have a great weekend and hope you're going to have, you know, a good happy holidays at this point when this goes up. Bye-bye.